Extra with Clark and Alyssa. The studio cat is faithfully watching us, sitting right in front of the computer, right ready to push the wrong button and completely mess things up. Ready to totally destroy all of our work. Very ready. She's just eyeing that space bar. <sighs> Such an evil, evil creature. But she's so cute, though. She is cute. Mm-hmm. She's a very cute furry snake. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Clark. <laughs> How's that tea treating you? It's it's hitting the spot on this cold, cold spring day. Uh, How's your tea treating you? you joining me in this tea adventure. I am. It's great. Uh yeah, it's nice. It's it's supposed to rain a lot tonight. It's so dreary. Yeah, it's very dreary. And I'm working outside tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that treats me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but that's okay. It's uh, it's beautiful. Montana finally has just a little bit of color instead of its usual beige. It's greening up out there. It's greening up out there. Uh, just in time for road construction, so... Aren't you all glad to hear about the weather? Isn't that great? (laughs) Seeing as how it's probably fall by the time this comes out. Real great. Yeah. Well, good thing we're not here to talk about the weather. We're actually here to talk about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We're nearing the end. We're talking about chapters. Oh, boy. What chapters are we talking about today? Let me. 30 and 31. 30 and 31. Mm. We have. Guys, we have this episode and then two more. That's after it. After this, and that's it. Holy cow! We are. Oof. Welcome to the climax. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the climax. I I say that all the time. You, just, as well, you should. Yeah, just for many the many plot situations. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's excellent. Let's uh, dive right in. I guess. Um, I will let you pronounce this word for chapter oh, no. 30. Oh, no. I'm going to make you, Clark, tell me. <laughs> what is chapter uh, 30 called? I want to say the pensive, but it's probably the pensive, like conceive. I think. But it's spelled differently. So Yeah, I think it's pronounced pensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But definitely every time I read it, when, when I, there are things that I'm especially mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. these chapters that when I read them, I was instantly brought back to thirteen and fourteen year old Alyssa first reading this, <laughs> and and like the same, I hear words incorrectly the same way in my mind when mm-hmm, I read them, mm-hmm. or in this case, who knows how correctly who because knows? yeah, made up word. Uh, I definitely read it pensive. Okay, good. Okay, uh, it. Definitely, just based off spelling, it's pensive, but anyway, what is this chapter about, Alyssa? So, chapter 30, the pensive, pensive, Uh debatable, whichever way, I definitely read it pensive in my, when I'm reading the physical copy, Mm -hmm. but when I want to say pensive. Yeah, because pensive is a real word, and this is just- And it feels less pretentious, I don't know. (laughs) The anyway, pensive. Like, that's the French way to say ah, it. Ah, pensive. Ennui. Oui, oui, mm. je, je suis, uh, uh, I can't say words. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> pensive. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, so Harry falls into Dumbledore's memories and learns all about the Wizarding World's own Nuremberg trials. Mm, that's pretty pretty accurate. Yep. Definitely some some very, very high-level courtroom drama, some yelling, some torture. Well, I don't know. It's it's a very expository chapter, that's for sure. It's, it's very it's it's very enlightening for how the court process works. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> like, man, wizards and rights are like just civil rights. They're so far behind the the Muggle world. Um, well, I guess how long ago was this? Uh so I think Harry was born in eighty. So this would be ninety hmm. four. Oh, when wow. Harry is okay, and it uh, took place like thirty years before. Thir- yeah. Well, well, no, it would be as old, it was old as Harry, so eighties, yeah. late seventies, maybe. Wow, yeah, so they're Mid-80s? still way behind. Yeah, it's hmm. a little rough. So this pensive deal offers, like I said, great expository tool. Uh, it is weird that Harry could just like, like just touch it and go into somebody's like memories. <laughs> like I feel like if I had something that had all of my memories that I had chosen to offload into it, it would be behind like a password in a safe in my house and people wouldn't know about it. You would put that box in another box and you'd mail it to yourself and then you'd squish it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It would definitely not just be like, oh, what's this? Oh, Clark's memories. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like Dumbledore explains that fairly well though, where he said he was sort of taken off guard by Fudge's appearance. Yeah. And he rushed to put it away, and he maybe didn't close the door all the way. And and that cabinet maybe has some special locks on it. And then on mm-hmm, top of mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. just look at how difficult it is to find the headmaster's office. Like we're lucky Harry even knows where that is because he true. was taken there once upon a time. It is a specific gargoyle, and he had to go through every wizarding candy <laughs> to actually get admitted. <laughs> And there are a lot of wizard candies. I mean, if you know Dumbledore and you've heard one password, like that that's the it's the person's birth date password yeah, exactly. for Dumbledore. But like if you don't know that and you don't know him and you're just like, hmm, I'm going to sneak into Dumbledore's office. I'm going to pick <laughs> Like any of the d- many uses for, for Dragon Heartstring or whatever it mm-hmm. was that he figured out and <laughs> like one of those things, obviously, because the achievements of Dumbledore are what would be his password, right? Yes. On Not a s- lem- sherbet lemon. <laughs> On a semi-related note, um, so this is kind of an urban tale, but there actually is a, a hint of truth to it. But you know how, like, for a while during the MySpace years and stuff, there were those quizzes of, like, what is your stripper name? Take the... <laughs> Take the street you grew up on and the name of your first pet. Oh, those? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you don't do those. Yeah, that's social engineering. That's a that's a great way to get somebody to be able to hack your accounts because they can answer all the questions. It's so and I mean What's your high school's mascot and the make of your first car? Find out for your lawyer name. So I totally do all of those, but I don't want anybody to know that I do them, so I never publish them. Oh really? That's what I do. Where I don't like fill out any of the crap. I don't I just like mm-hmm. go through and I'm like, oh, funny that's what my name would be oh <laughs> funny that's what all my friends names would be oh, that's cool. what kind of french fry i am and then i just 
I'm a curly fry. Don't. Of course you are. Of course I am. Uh, or are you a waffle fry? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the day, okay? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. So I totally do all those and I don't publish them. And that's how I get the joy without... Because <laughs> no one's coming to my Facebook to see what my... No. Harry Potter name would be no nobody cares except for me and and maybe a few of you listeners hello <laughs> hmm. well okay so that actually does make sense that he was rushed whatever Harry happened to be in there and yeah I guess and Dumbledore trusts Harry anyway so like but should he <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean at the end of the day they're on the same side against evil, mm-hmm. but he's a 14-year-old kid. Yeah. There are worse things he could have done in that office, but um, I digress. I mean, yeah, so. there was the time that he thought he killed Fox, and that's pretty <laughs> scarring. So, like, that's true. I'm not going to mess with anything else <laughs> because I nearly killed Fox by saying hi to it. <laughs> it just poof. <laughs> ah, funny stuff. Mm-mm. Well... Boy, what to even talk about in this chapter? So it's ha- it's like a witch trial. Like there's no civil liberties, there's no defense, and well, so I I think all of these except for Karkaroff's, the other the other two are sentencings. So we assume that they've already had some form of trial. Okay, that's true. And yeah. Karkaroff. Is already convicted because he's in Azkaban, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's trying to, I assume, get a reduced sentence and cooperate and I get out so. of Azkaban. So he's already yeah. sentenced too. So all these people, we hope, have been through some sort of due process. We probably hope. not <laughs> to the extent that they should have. It but sure seems like they were really just just chomping at the bit to sentence these people. But yeah, the so the like most unnerving thing about all of this, like yes, Barty Crouch is is a a terrifyingly uh austere figure mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. But the like the jeering in the first and the th- and I think the third, like both the first and the third are very well, the first one was really quiet, right? Where they're all just sitting mm-hmm, and staring. Mm-hmm. So the first one's pretty muted and Karkaroff's manic. And then the third one where there's just celebrating and cheering and very loud everywhere in the audience, basically, which yeah. is not the right word, but it is the right word. It's, I mean, at the time, yeah. It, it seemed like an audience. It's very much. And yeah. then the middle one, which is Bagman's, was super... That was so weird. Eerie. Like yeah. it, it's I was trying to think of an equivalent that I've seen or anything like it. And I think the closest thing is like when a celebrity goes on trial and and or uh, it's some, like OJ. someone for yeah. a white collar crime. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I mean his problem isn't that he went out and physically hurt someone. Mm-hmm. He gave information to death eaters hmm. trying to think of something that would be similar maybe martha stewart's trial but hmm. maybe, maybe bill clinton snowden <laughs> snowden Ooh, no not everybody likes snowden as much he has much more controversy yeah. 
I, I guess. Ah, those were the days. Remember when that was the most complicated thing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But totally, that that is so unnerving. To also, in that one where the, the audience is really vocal there, too. Mm-hmm, They're permitted mm-hmm. to really weigh in, which I, I, I see in some ways that's somewhat liberating to be able to react real time. And, like, it's a little bit much yeah, to be yeah. to feel gagged from your reactions but also like the fact that Barty Crouch wants to lay down a much heavier sentencing and he gets booed as a response there's no intelligent discussion of this but people are booing and yeah, then like yeah seemingly cheering for his for Bagman's Quidditch prowess which yeah. is totally unrelated and to like, this thing. Yeah, to the point where somebody actually stood up like during a serious time and just said, like, we just want to congratulate you on your victory. And I'm just like, shut up. Like, read the room time and place. But Well, um, that's the thing. The room is totally but, okay with it. Yeah. So I guess in that sense, yeah. And you know what's frustrating about this chapter? It doesn't get you any closer to like, okay, who is gonna end up it's actually recording this time okay who is actually gonna end up being the bad guy you know it like who's responsible for putting harry's name in it and all this stuff like it's it's still between all these people it still could be rita it still could be bagman it still could be crouch it still could be um kakarov like nobody came out of this looking good it could good. be bertha jorkins it for all be. we know for all we know the the fact Okay, was it this chapter that Harry talked to Dumbledore about Bertha? Mm-hmm. And he still, he mentioned the most recent dream that he had, but there was still like an earlier one that he had. It, I still feel like he never referenced the very, very first thing with Bertha Jorkins. He just never acknowledged that. Yep. And that's really weird. And yep. I feel like the author just kind of forgot about it. Um or not not the author i feel like and i mean i could i could forgive it because how many things do i dream and i don't remember all the finer details and is this perhaps a a, is he a victim of not remembering all of his dreams um in their entirety maybe that and i could maybe let him off the hook that way but and that kind of leads me to the question of like, okay, the reliability of dreams. I kind of wonder about like the reliability of memories. Like how tinted is this whole pensive, pensive thing like to Dumbledore's point of view? Because like maybe Dumbledore imagined that the crowd was acting one way. Like I wonder how much it was exaggerated or exacerbated. Like, Yeah, how reliable of a narrator is Dumbledore? I don't know. And it's so it's so confusing to me too that Harry can sit next to Dumbledore and see Dumbledore. Like what where are these (laughs) memories coming from? If like or how how does Dumbledore's brain work differently? Though I will admit some of my memories are in third person. Like memories. How reliable are those? Well (laughs) I mean it's essentially me like making a movie of that memory that I can watch with myself as the main character. You know what I mean? So it's like not first person, it's third person. Uh pretty unreliable. Yeah, like I I have I have a couple of memories like that that feel almost like dreams. Mhm. Mhm. And 
yeah, I don't know that I trust that they even happened because of my perspective in them where I am looking at myself like, is that even real or did I imagine that? Yep. And you read studies about, you know, memory studies and stuff that they've done. You can just implant false memories pretty easily. (laughs) Like it's not even it's not even that you need to hypnotize someone to implant false memories. Like all you have to do is just literally the power of suggestion. Uh, which is fascinating. So this pensive thing, I wonder if it somehow is a powerful enough magic that it can somehow find the objective memory or there's, it can't be, it's gotta be just subjective memory, how he remembers it, not how it actually happened. Right? Like there's not a powerful enough magic to discern the truth of the situation. I mean, I wonder. Cause then you could just watch it like, put your memory in and then watch it be like, oh, that's what was actually the case. Yeah. I wonder if there are any like community pensives. See, that, yeah. Like, let, let's like pull everyone's memory to get all like all of the perspectives of all of the eyewitnesses of this thing. Yeah. And by those aggregate, can we piece them together as like an almost 3D experience? See, this is what we need to be using computers for. <laughs> this is This is what computers are really good at. Um, just churning through all this data. It'd be so incredible um, to make something like this just from a computer standpoint, which is all that magic is. So, um, boy, should we talk about Crouch Jr., little fella? And, sure. And how traumatic that whole thing was where he's shouting, I'm your son, I'm your son. And, and Crouch is like, you're no son of mine. I have no son. And then his mom faints and it's just like, whoa, okay. Okay. Wow. This is really something. And then to find out too that didn't Crouch Jr. like kill himself in Azkaban? He or died. He died. Okay. He died. Um. Yeah. So... I, I have so many questions about like, yes, I, th- 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 this whole chapter makes a lot more sense after seeing the latest Fantastic Beasts movie. Oh. Which just, th- there's that and then there's there's the stuff that we had earlier in this book. I forget who told us that mm. that Barty Crouch was really just manic in hunting down death eaters i forget who told us that it wasn't fudge was it um i kind of forget as well who did tell us that it happened Mm -hmm. no i remember it happening it's just been a while who was it i'm wondering if it might have been mrs weasley i feel like it was a woman anyway what about Sirius? Oh, yes, it was serious. You're right. <laughs> there we go. You're so right. <laughs> oh, okay. There so, we go. So we get that from Sirius, and I remember thinking it during that chapter, like, holy crap, the last Fantastic Beasts movie really, like, cast this in a realistic light that mm-hmm. it never quite hit me before. And then seeing this again, I had the same, like, oh, my gosh, very much. World War Two Nazi regime rise and then the fall and then Nuremberg trials situation. All of it just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It, it feels much more real and possible yeah. than it did when I first read it. But it's very concerning to me that even though uh, Barty Crouch is Barty Crouch Jr.'s 
father, he is in a position of power to sentence his son. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine they did all four of them at once mm-hmm. to simultaneously soften mm-hmm. that that perception, but also like make it easier for him to be as harsh as he felt he needed to on his son. Yeah, kind of gives him an out. Like I'm gonna group sentence all of you. Yeah, and I feel bad because I I actually believe the kid. I don't know why, but I believe that he wasn't actually <laughs> like. Yeah. If he was a part of it, he definitely wasn't a part of it to the extent that he deserves, like, a life sentence. I think any, yeah, anytime you you do a group handing down of justice, yeah. like, you're not going to be doing that. No. Justly. It's just there's, there's a reason we don't do that anymore. Um, yes, that was rough. Uh, we also learned about Kakarov. Um, what? Hmm. Kakarov is the one who is now the headmaster at Drumstring. What a crazy rise to power that is! Like from going from like a convicted in Azkaban guy to like a headmaster of a school. Like, okay, wow, wow. There's some real interesting stuff in the Wizarding World. I think some of that speaks to what the culture is like in Bulgaria mm. versus the UK. Yeah. And that 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 history hmm. didn't work against him. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> but also I wonder But he was a rat though. You think no matter what side he was on, he'd either be like a potential, you know, a former death eater or like a rat. Well, like... so here's the other thing. It was the eighties. Mm-hmm. How uh, easily accessible were records from other countries. Yeah, was, he, that's was true. he able to rise back into a position of prominence in Bulgaria by just conveniently not mentioning that he was a <laughs> convict in another country? Which I mean, given I would, wizard records, that would not surprise me at all. <laughs> I was, cur- I mean, it's it's hard today to get records from other countries. Yeah, like, that's it's, true. It's not an easy thing, and. I also wonder why is he on trial in the UK? Hmm. Like, was this not a like how localized was Voldemort, and or across how many border borders mm-hmm. did he take his fight? And I, it's just, I mean, he's he's not a UK citizen, and so. Hmm. I guess, but if you perform the crimes in the place, that's, yeah. that's where they're going to get you. So I wondered how, when hmm. did they catch him? How did they catch him? Why on earth was he even in the UK for all of this? And yeah, I guess I never thought about that. It's all yeah. I I was hmm. I was very curious about how he ended up in that trial in that courtroom hmm. and not somewhere else. I don't know. It was ugly, and I bet. Have we heard mention of Snape hating him? By the way. Because Snape should probably not like him. <laughs> uh, we've we've seen we saw Karkaroff came into that potions class. Oh yeah, and we saw them directly interact. And then there was another in in the outside the castle during the Yule Ball. The two of them talking, mm. and every mm. time Karkaroff's like kind of trying to wheedle his way in. Like we're cohorts. <laughs> uh, we, we're uh. both. Oh hi, cat. We're both. <laughs> we're cohorts. We're both in this and oh my gosh what are we gonna do and snape's like get 
away from me. Yes, I, I like, want I nothing you. to do with you. <laughs> Leave. That makes a lot of sense. Literally in the middle of class right now, why do you think this is a good time to talk about our past as Death Eaters? <laughs> Wait, so Kakarov probably does have that mark on his arm or something like that. Remember we were talking about that mark and how that was itching and they were trying to hide it or whatever? So it makes sense that now Snape and Kakarov probably have that same mark. So that's probably what they were talking about, which we which we kind of is kind of obvious. But um anyway, that makes sense. So this whole chapter is super exposition heavy. Um Dumbledore explained a lot of stuff. We also find about um Neville's parents. Neville's parents. Which the fact that they're not dead is like worse that like he said like visit his parents and they're not of the right mind and they don't know who he is and stuff like wow that is heartbreaking yeah it would have been less dark if they had just died like really it would have been it's i mean they're both awful i'm not harry does that where he's like oh my gosh like what a worse scenario yeah i'm not sure as a reader i need to i need there to be a winner of which one's worse. They're both <laughs> okay. awful. Yeah, that's and, true. And I mean, either way, they're they're robbed of their parents. I mean, that that's yeah. the way that it's the same. I'm just thinking, like, I'd rather be dead than whatever they are. Like, For sure. Me it's, personally, I'd rather just be dead. So It's yeah. awful. And it breaks my heart that Harry has been roommates with Neville mm-hmm. for three years. And... And his his uh, self awareness of I never even asked. Yeah, he's doing some growing up here. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad he's able to acknowledge that. It also breaks my heart that never Neville never felt safe to share that with them. Yeah, like that's I mean it's just a poor kid. I want him to find his people, and it just. Seems like Harry and Ron are not quite his people, and no. I hope he finds them. <laughs> I just find peace knowing that Longbottoming is like slang for someone being an underdog and then coming up and getting really attractive or something, isn't it? He really Longbottomed. So I feel like there's a bright future ahead for Neville. Maybe just the actor that played Neville. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, we get a lot more. Exposition from Dumbledore, more talking, more talking, more talking from Dumbledore, more talking. You're really struggling over there, aren't you? I really am. I just don't know what to, they just, yep, we did it. Lots of sentencing. Bagman still seems like a bad guy. Kakarov still seems like a bad guy. Bagman still, well, Crouch still seems like a potential bad guy. Like, I still, this... Can you imagine being either Barty Crouch or Bagman in this scenario now where Where they are both planning the Triwizard Tournament together? Yeah, I could see why Crouch ghosted on the whole thing. Well, willingly or not. (laughs) It it just, I can't imagine being like, I I wanted to put you in Azkaban. Yep. And I couldn't do it. And now we're planning a circus like yeah i mean <laughs> a fun time it's what is this world it kind of makes me think the bagman's the bad guy just as like a revenge plot but yeah but it would be super awkward and it like i feel like when i read this book again 
I'm going to be like, oh, these interactions make so much more sense <laughs> knowing what I know now. Yeah. <sighs> um, I did want to talk a little bit about, just really briefly, about how much Harry falling into the pensive reminded me of Tom Riddle's diary. Oh, yeah. Very similar, right? It's Yeah. It's it's like pensive is the new diary. <laughs> it's, yep. It's... Well, and really, what's the difference? I mean, uh, I guess you write in a diary as opposed to just just shove your emotions or your memories into it. I I guess the difference, at least one difference here, we can assume, I think, but I guess mm-hmm. we could be wrong, that the diary had an agenda. Oh, yeah, that particular diary did. That, that diary had yeah. an agenda. And as far as we know, Dumbledore's memories don't. Hmm. But they could. I mean, th- it was very interesting to me how a memory ended and it jumped to the next one. And it's like autoplay on YouTube. I, yeah, you yeah. watch this. I think you'd like this. And so I don't know if Dumbledore had them queued up. <laughs> Probably. You got to get that, that view time, you know, that retention time. <laughs> it's critical for ad money. So, so I don't know if he had them queued up because he was looking at all of those or mm-hmm. if it follows like memories mm. when you're going through them. I I don't know. Is there an algorithm? I don't know. I'm sure there is. <laughs> hmm. You know what I'm sure about? Your favorite quote. I think I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? You might be right. Okay. You uh, might be right. Let's maybe start saying the first words of them together and see if we're saying the same thing. <laughs> what page is it on? My favorite quote is on page 583. Okay. Uh, it's I, two sentences. It's two sentences. Okay. Uh, let's start saying it together and see if I'm right. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. He, he could wanted not to tell touch it. whether. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that's what you thought that uh, my favorite quote was. Shoot. Okay. It. I definitely marked it like it. <laughs> you trickster. Okay, I'll let you read it. It's two sentences later than that. Okay, mine's on page five eighty three. It's about the pensive, and he's just admired what it looks like and everything, which is what Clark thought my favorite quote was. Mm-hmm. And then. He wanted to touch it to find out what it felt like, but nearly four years' experience of the magical world told him that sticking his hand into a bowl of some unknown substance was a very stupid thing to do. <laughs> he therefore pulled his wand out of the inside of his robes, cast a nervous look around the office, looked back at the contents of the basin, and prodded them. <laughs> okay, that is so much better. <laughs> that is so much better. I, I actually... I think I actually chuckled to myself when I read that the first time. I'm like, like, I'm not going to touch it with my hand. He's going to poke it with a stick (laughs) that specifically channels magic energies. Yeah. Like what could possibly. It's going to work perfectly. It's much safer. It's like, I'm not sure if this fence is electric. Let me poke it with this metal (laughs) rod I found. It's like literally the exact like, well, it doesn't. If it's magical, you're going to feel it, buddy. That Lightning rod right here. Exactly. I'm like, buddy, you've learned a lot, but yeah. You'd be better off with a literal stick, um, <laughs> not not a wand. Okay, that's so, wonderful. I, I did really like the pensive description, but... It was very cool, very rad. It was very me, and so I wanted to break the mold a little bit. Ah, I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> Clark, what's your favorite quote this chapter? Uh, mine was on 597. I probably, if I'd remembered that one, I probably would have marked it. Uh, the, I actually worried poking. that you would pick it. <laughs> 
So. <laughs> nah. Uh, ch- 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 boom. Okay. 597. <clears throat> this, it's called a pensive, said Dumbledore. I sometimes find, and I'm sure you know the feeling, that I simply have too many thoughts and memories crammed into my mind. Err, said Harry, who couldn't truthfully say that he had ever felt anything of the sort. Oh, Harry. You're... <sighs> So young. So young. (laughs) Your thoughts change so rapidly. Your brain never actually fills up. Um, Because I totally, I'm like, yep, no, I totally know that feeling when you just have like so much stuff in your head that you just wish you could kind of offload them and just like oh i know the feeling can i just put them all in boxes and go to one box at a time right please could you label them somehow too but but the fact that harry's <laughs> like label maker <laughs> i Black love and my white. label maker <laughs> but i just love that harry's like uh-huh <laughs> and there's just nothing in there nothing in there i found that quote really curious hmm. it doesn't seem like dumbledore to say surely you know this thing I, I, I don't know. It, it was it was setting up for a punchline later. Yeah. It was literally setting up for when he's like, and then Harry at that moment knew what Dumbledore was talking about, which I think happened maybe not in the same chapter, but certainly in the next. It happened, I swear. I don't remember it, but I read this over a couple of nights, and so that's possible. Okay. But um, like, so I think it feels weird because it's it's literally just a setup for a payoff, which is fine. Yeah, it it just I I mean I guess I'm trying I'm trying to imagine other ways for Dumbledore to to describe why the pensive is useful to him that don't hmm. sound utterly pretentious and I'm I'm running out of ways. And so like Yeah, it makes sense like, that it was I simply just have too many thoughts to keep track of. I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, haven't you heard I'm supreme mugwump and of the oh, Wizengamot? I forgot about that. <laughs> mugwump. Well, I suppose we should get to the next chapter. Suppose so. Chapter 31, the third task. Alyssa, what happened? Um, in this chapter, let's see. Hermione has a revelation about Rita Skeeter. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Weasley and Bill come to Hogwarts to support Harry. And there are many, many shenanigans during the third task. And Cedric and Harry resolve to win together. Hooray. Um, the third task. I, I, We're not quite ready to talk about the third task yet. There's more stuff in this chapter. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was easier than I expected. That's all I have to say. Anyway, mm-hmm. I do have more things to say. But before that, we have um, all the stuff before. We have like half the chapter before we even get into the third task. There's a good portion of this chapter that is not the third task. <laughs> yeah, so it felt like by the time they got to the third task, they just kind of rushed through it a little bit. But um, I mean, it was a race. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's it's weird how, yeah, it's just weird how the author moves through things differently now. Um, I feel like it took them longer to get through like the three things to get in the first book. Like when they had like the vines and stuff like that, and to seven. get to the there were seven things. Oh, there were seven things. Can you oh, believe that? Wow, I don't know. It just felt like different pacing. But uh, Hermione learned about a back channel that Rita Skeeter has, and I think okay. So remember when they saw, uh, boy, what's that name? The exposition? No, the foil Malfoy. 
Malfoy. There we go. Malfoy, Malfoy. Uh, he was talking into something outside. I wonder if it's like literally like a tape recorder, <laughs> like an analog tape recorder or an analog walkie-talkie. Because Hermione says multiple times, like, no, you can't do magical stuff like that. But I'm like, well, but you could just use a friggin' walkie-talkie, right? So like, she says to Ron in that instance that muggle technology doesn't work. Oh, Hogwarts. she did say that. Okay, yeah. never mind. So, so Oh, I feel like that's setting up for a real plot. Well, I... <laughs> I don't know if she says it or if Harry remembers that she said mm. it or something, but like it looks like a walkie-talkie, but surely it's not a walkie-talkie because oh that, yeah that would get scrambled by Hogwarts. Either way, Rita Skeeter has something going on, and so she has informants on the inside in the form of Malfoy and who knows who else. Probably just you know whatever conniving sl- like Slytherin she can talk to. Uh, Malfoy gives Rita Skeeter the scoop on Harry's dream and in the middle of divination and crying out and storming out and all sorts of things. And then Rita yeah. Skeeter turns it into a, is he emotionally stable? <laughs> I just don't know. Some uh, are saying he's not. And then quoting one person. <laughs> one person. One person. Who, like, everybody knows doesn't also, actually Also, who like she's him. already quoted. Yeah. Source diversity, woman. It's very, on. very poor journalism. Especially, like, is he mentally stable? Eh, he's a teenager. Whatever. <laughs> none like, of, none no. of them are mentally stable. Probably not. Find one that is. But, um... You have better luck finding a unicorn in the Forbidden Forest. Exactly. At night so. With Voldemort around. <laughs> exactly so something's going on with rita hermione figured it out hermione has some sort of revelation and then runs off and we don't get to hear what it is Hmm. any theories clark well i mean she figured out that he's talking to malfoy somehow um well malfoy's quoted so obviously but like how he's talking to her outside um I don't know. I wonder if there's a little uh, little bug or something that he can talk to, and then the bug will scuttle back to Rita and relay messages. So it's like a walkie-talkie, but in a slightly more like carrier pigeon type thing. Um, a carrier beetle? Carrier beetle, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you whisper things to it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. A ladybug. <laughs> bug like a wire uh, oh boy I don't know I don't know what she put together but she sure is tickled about it and I'm sure we'll find out about it hopefully well probably two chapters from now honestly because at the end of this chapter it shows that we have like another full chapter to wrap up whatever's going on with the third task so yeah, that'll be fun uh, so okay moving on leading up uh Oh, the letter, the the serious scent, where it's just a paw print. Just a little good luck paw print. <sighs> it was so cute. That made me so happy. I would want to frame that so I bad. have such confusing feelings about Sirius, where at times I'm like, yay, Sirius, godfather. And other times I'm like, yay, the dog is happy. And I'm like, it's <laughs> a human. And I, I very much like, I picture my brother's dog sending me a paw print of good luck. And I'm like, that's, but that's not, that's not quite right. Not He's quite. a person. <laughs> yeah. It's like if your brother was sometimes that dog. Yeah. 
Hmm. It's very, very strange, but it's very sweet. Okay, so you have written here in the note, it all comes back to D- Voldemort. Um, What? What was that? What part of the so, chapter? So Harry pondering all of the things like the night before the third task. He thinks through everything he learned from Dumbledore's memories and thinks through Rita and thinks through just and ends up down a Barty Crouch Jr. rabbit hole hmm. of like like everything's horrible and and thinking about Neville's parents and all of this horror that's been re- wreaked because of all of these people doing terrible things like Barty Crouch Jr. and then he mm-hmm. thinks about but but Barty Crouch Jr. was a 17-year-old like or 19-year-old kid who didn't yeah. appear to understand the gravity of what he was a part of and yeah he got swept up in something and got with the wrong people and got caught somehow doing something we don't know what well torturing the long bottoms to an extent well yeah if he actually was there oh i will say sorry got to throw out my thing i think rita skeeter is probably a death eater just saying eh, that's probably a good bet yeah <laughs> probably a death eater if not i mean yeah she's their pr <laughs> like, yeah so sorry i figured i'd throw that out there she is definitely really really sketchy whatever she is so (laughs) have to say i called that even if she's not the big bad she's definitely not good but it feels really surprising no one (laughs) horrible to say that as a member of the media who is being labeled the enemy of the people but like i don't i don't want to say that about a member of the media but like she's just so bad at it she's just so bad at it yeah she's like and we've already established that I I don't consider her a real journalist. She's not. She's an entertainment writer that poses as a. She's she's trash. She's, she's bad. She should not have her job. She should feel ashamed. She she's a bad person. Propaganda. It's terrible. Yep. Uh. So yeah, Harry's having these thoughts about all of this history and then at the end of it after thinking through oh my gosh think of Barty Crouch Jr. he didn't seem to know what on earth he'd gotten himself into until it was way too late Mm -hmm, and then he has mm -hmm. this thought of it all comes back to Voldemort Hmm. and I just and maybe this is too big of a philosophical conversation to have not having finished the book I just I have a hard time being okay with like if we did away with Voldemort we would do away with it all like people like Voldemort rise to power because they have lots and lots and lots of supporters it's kind of like where Wonder Woman went wrong where it's like uh spoilers for Wonder Woman go watch Wonder Woman what are you doing if you haven't seen pause it's worth it (laughs) just go watch it but uh she defeats the first person that she thinks is Ares the god of war and then like the people don't stop fighting and like at that moment, I'm like, awesome. She's learning that like war is an inherently human thing and it's not just something that's, you know, pushed by the gods. It's like, nope, men fight because it's in our nature, you know? And then like, no, it turns out there actually was a god that was somebody else and you kill him and people actually do like you kill the guy and the war stops. And I'm like, well, that sucks. That's a way worse ending. Yeah, like it's it'd way, be way, way too convenient, way too convenient. And it, it totally gives Wonder Woman an out of being like, oh, see, men are inherently good. It's just the gods controlling them that are bad. And I'm like, no, that is not. You're about to learn that lesson. Like, wait until World War Two. <laughs> Yeah, you might get through World War One thinking humans are okay, but good luck in the next 
you know, 10 years. So yeah. anyway, that's what this kind of reminds me of is like, yeah, it all comes back to Voldemort, but it if it no. wasn't Voldemort, it was going to be somebody else, something else. Like there was a vacuum of hatred and fear and um, misinformation and yeah. just, I mean, there, there's so, this society is ripe for mm-hmm. th- uh, a terrible uprising and they had a lot of supporters who maybe didn't. Yep. Weren't true believers to the bitter end. Like they weren't all that woman in the courtroom with Barty Crouch who was like, <laughs> he will rise again and we will be among his greatest. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to spew all of the But there were the enough rhetoric. people that just kind of let it happen that, yeah, it was, if not Voldemort, it would have been somebody else that was screwed up and probably not as powerful. Voldemort had kind of a unique advantage in terms of power level. But, um, and he, yeah, and it's complicated with with yeah. magical additions. There, it's not no Hitler scenario. He didn't have magic, but yeah, it's yeah. It, it, so I I just it, that was a really interesting as an adult reading that now. It, it yeah. feels incredibly naive for Harry to uh, to conclude it. It's all it's Voldemort's fault. It's all Voldemort's Voldemort's mm-hmm. fault. I'm having a hard time enunciating <laughs> that, but I understand. Like yeah. as as a kid, that's that's an easy conclusion to make. And yeah, he has a big share of the responsibility in there. Yeah, but but yeah, never so simple. Yeah, yeah. So um, we also learned that Voldemort, despite his power can't really touch harry like if dumbledore is just around which is weird because i feel like if if as if, much has been said yeah. several times over and i just feel like it's also been disproven several exactly. times over like <laughs> dumbledore can't be everywhere at once like it there were several times when harry just would have died if not for like really convenient timing like and like dumbledore saved him a couple times but like only through sheer chance like it's not that Dumbledore is omniscient. He's just like, for some reason, been at the right place at the right time several times. So whatever. Uh, well, in the first book, Harry faces off against Voldemort mm-hmm. and essentially wins. Yeah. And that's when Dumbledore is away. He has been called away. So there's mm-hmm. that. And they can say, this all happened because Dumbledore wasn't here. In the second book is a basilisk so it wasn't i think also dumbledore has been called away in the second book oh yeah but then something about how he sent the sorting hat and all that and and fox brings (laughs) the sorting hat so now we know when dumbledore leaves harry's just gonna get attacked i'll remember that for every future book so i mean that that's the narrative that we've been told through four books of as long as dumbledore's around you're fine Whenever he goes out for groceries, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting plot device. And so, yeah, we'll we'll see if Dumbledore sticks around toward the end of this. Hmm. I mean, obvious. That's that's the um, it's the gun. I forget what the gun. Chekhov's is. gun. That's that's Chekhov's gun right here. <laughs> so <laughs> we did it. Yep. Yeah. We will see. Okay, so the day is here. It is time for the third task. But before that, Harry does a training montage. He's dun, casting dun. spells. He's stupefying. Can you like put 80s music in? <laughs> I'm very tempted, yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. Like, he's dun, learning dun, dun, the dun, point dun, me spell. Dun. And he's like 
deflecting things and attacking and all sorts of I don't remember all the spells that he even though like the only spell he ends up using in the entire third task is like stupefy does a lot of the heavy lifting and point me (laughs) mostly stupefy and point me but it's a good thing that he learned all those other things we we get to actually see Harry do magic to varying degrees of success (laughs) which is nice it's not like he's terrible at it or he's perfect there's all this gray area that's nice he can stupefy as long as the thing doesn't have any sort of shell unfortunately all of his enemies had shells yeah magic man (laughs) it's weird it like reflects off of things and it's i mean it's very much yeah when you shoot a spell it's like shooting a rubber band (laughs) yeah i feel like he would be much much better off with the pistol in that scenario but maybe not who knows uh that'd be That'd be a very different. Can you book. imagine Harry Hagrid with a pistol? <laughs> Hagrid would be so sad that Harry killed a Scroot. <laughs> that would be the end of their friendship. It would be, yeah. That's funny. Oh man! <laughs> but it would change this whole third task thing. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, training montage. Da, 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 da. And then. They get to the challenge at nighttime because that makes sense for finals week. But we missed something. Oh. Mrs. Weasley and Bill come to support Harry. Oh, so, yeah. like, Harry's Professor McGonagall pulls Harry aside and he was like, I'm going to go practice my spells more because third task and mm. I don't want to die. And she's like, Well, you have to meet your family at the time. And he's like, uh, <laughs> He's like, My family is dead, McGonagall. <laughs> my family I don't is know dead how to tell you this. Or Dursley, <laughs> neither of which are showing up. It's not happening. <laughs> And something that I'm surprised he didn't like didn't occur to him was like he didn't once think, did they like bring them back as ghosts for a little bit or something? Like, can you imagine? That would be heartbreaking. Which is probably why they (laughs) didn't do it. How awkward would that be? All right, pose for a picture, Harry, and he's like, ah, this is the worst day of my life. (laughs) This is great and terrible at the same time i'm very confused <laughs> like what's with the psychological <laughs> trauma before the task i don't like this this is part of it uh, anyway he goes into the little antechamber and is all cynical about it and then there are weasleys there to support him and it's like the most heartening thing in like this book period mm-hmm. it's very sweet that they're just 100 percent mrs weasley's there to support and so is bill we do learn so paranoid that it's gonna stop recording i'm sorry i know i'm trying to keep the cat's head from literally she's falling asleep and her head is hitting the keyboard (laughs) um cat (laughs) i have moved the keyboard and she's now falling asleep on my hand she's very sweet it's a good sacrifice (laughs) what i found interesting is that bill is a hottie oh and is a hottie tell you what he has the pierced ears we've met we've met him before well yeah but i didn't realize i didn't realize quite how attractive this guy is (laughs) that like floor who has literally her pick of the litter she has little miss vila over there yeah she she whatever she wants um and she cast quite the eye at bill and i'm like oh my (laughs) (laughs) bill (laughs) did you like secondhand swoon over there yeah i'm like oof, <laughs> boy uh so anyway man crush monday on bill weasley yeah uh, and, it's, and and it's very sweet that he shows up i feel like Her- that's probably the brother that harry knows the least mm-hmm. of all the weasleys and 
for him to show up and be like, man, Charlie said you were awesome at the first task. I'm so excited. Like, like, you're going to crush it. It's like they they say good things about him behind his back. That's the sign of, like, a good, you know, family. Yeah. So it's very sweet. They've they've very much familyed him. They've adopted him. It's so sweet. And and Mrs. Weasley is there. I'm surprised Mr. Weasley didn't find a way to get out there. I wonder what's going on there. If, mm. if I mean, she doesn't have a job, I don't think. And so it's a little bit easier for her to go. But yeah. it's, it was just a little surprising, a surprising mix of yeah. those two. But Harry, like, gives them a little tour of, of like, Hogwarts as is today. And Bill hasn't been around for five, eight years. Yeah, it's been a while. Something like yeah. that. So it's been a little while for him. And Mrs. Weasley is quite a bit older than Harry's parents were apparently because she missed the Whomping Willow. That happened. Oh yeah. That kind of surprised me. Well, so the Whomping Willow was planted for, uh, um, the Lupin Mm -hmm. It was planted for him. So she's old enough to to have totally missed that, Hmm. but that's like at least seven years then. Cause she had to have been gone by the time he was, he was a first year. Yeah, I guess I hadn't done the math on that. But yeah, she's like eight years older at least. At least. At least. Yeah. And so there's that. And then also on top of that, Hagrid, who's been around for a while. Yeah. Was not the groundskeeper at the time. She had someone named Og. So I guess if she has like eight kids and the oldest one is in his 20s. And the youngest is 12 or 13. Oh, boy. Wow. That's quite the window for... Whew, okay. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that I didn't think about it that way. Bill's, he's an adult with yeah, a bank very job. Very much an adult and, and, a, and an earring. And an earring. <laughs> mm. Does he have tattoos? Uh. So. None that we've seen. <laughs> I'm sure, Floor is interested. <laughs> uh. So, but yeah, Og the caretaker, caretaker, which wasn't Hagrid hired fairly soon after his expulsion. Pretty soon. Yeah. So, so that would mean that Mrs. Weasley went to school with Tom Riddle. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. If if our timeline's right. I don't know. Listeners. Listeners. Tweet us at WordstruckPod, please. Uh, so, because we need to actually get into that maze here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Um, also, I wanted to point out Mrs. Weasley is very cold to Hermione because of the Witch Weekly article. Mm-hmm. And Harry shuts that down real fast. Of like, I cannot believe that you read and believed that garbage that that woman wrote. Well, she's a baby boomer. They believe whatever you throw at them, right? Well, right, right, listeners <laughs> at Wordstruckpod. 100% <laughs> to her credit, she listens to the person that... With direct experience. With direct experience. Yep, yep. Who would have directly been negatively impacted by whatever mm-hmm. crap she was accused of behaving like and says, you know what? I trust Harry. If Harry is... If Harry says she's good, we're good. Yep. So that is nice. She's not so far brainwashed. But here's my other suspicion. Is it not that she read the Witch Weekly article and believed everything, but Mm. instead that maybe there was something between Harry and Hermione and she suspects that Ron has a crush on Hermione? Oh, I'm sure that's part of it. And a little bit of the mom, like... I don't like this love triangle business where my son's left out. I don't oh, yeah. like it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why else she would be upset about it. Like, it's not like 
she's worried for Hermione. It's like, nah, it's because she has no. She she has a horse in the race. I think Harry thinks that she's worried. Hermione's mistreating Harry. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just glad she changed her mind, so I don't have to judge her as a as an easily propagandized baby boomer. So she's smarter than that. Yeah. Thank goodness. So, so let's get in that maze. Yeah. So the third task happens at night. What? Why? I don't know. I don't, especially on like finals week. I don't know. When do people sleep? I just don't get it. It's well, and the other thing is, the, Hogwarts is in Scotland, which is very far north. Which is like this time of year, which would be like what May, June. It's <laughs> June, I think. I have no idea. Okay. June, which means the sun doesn't set until like. 11 in the highlands huh it's it's it's, i mean it's on the same latitude as alaska this is just the stuff i literally never thought about (laughs) i never thought about it before (laughs) reading this either and then i'm like why is this so late why is it dark i'm so confused also like this is a this feels like a thing that someone who doesn't live there would write i think that's exactly the case i don't think jk rowling thought at all about latitude But but she's from the UK. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a tall country, but like she would be affected by that too. It's very strange. Hmm. So anyway, I mean, it's dark, right? It gets darker. Mm -hmm. I feel like it Mm -hmm. it mentions that in the book. Maybe I'm filling in. I think so. It's like dusk when they start. Yeah. So that's very late. So that's that's very confusing to me. But anyway, they start (laughs) the task, and uh, we learn that McGonagall and Hagrid and Moody and Flitwick are all patrolling the outside of the maze. Which they can, okay. They can't really help from there, but Like referees who, if you throw up some sparks, they'll come in and come get you and pull you out. And you'll you'll be disqualified or whatever. Oddly, bent toward Hogwarts faculty. Why are the other headmasters not? Or why is there only, like, Mm. the, the host school is heavily patrolling that. And they're all, they have two horses in the race. And Oh, I see. I guess it's just a staffing thing, but you think for this big of an event, there would be a lot of professors from all over the place there. Yeah, you'd think they'd come to see the big finale, maybe. Yeah, yeah I guess I hadn't thought of that. I guess it's part of like the home field. Don't you have, isn't the ref from whatever city you're in? Uh, depends on what you're playing and how okay. prominent it is. But I think usually like smaller playoff game or whatever, yeah, it'll be a hometown situation. But yeah, it just, I mean, uh, all all good people to have patrolling the maze, obviously very skilled people. Mm-hmm. Hagrid's kind of the confusing one, but uh, there are obviously some creatures in there too. And he well, yeah, the those, are his, with it. those are his shroots. Scroots. Scroots. Those are his scroots. So he, he'll harass a lot. And them. who knows how many other creatures are in there that Harry didn't encounter. Yeah, period. we still don't know what got Floor. Yeah, I... I always just sort of assumed it was the mist that totally got her and maybe she's got some fear of heights or something but maybe or like the mist where you literally just kind of pull your feet out and that's not a big deal at all. yeah i don't i don't know (laughs) what the deal with that was because (laughs) she's like i need something else here but face your fears that's all it was and (laughs) she's supposedly the bravest of the bob Baton bunch, yeah, and that destroyed. Like it just doesn't add up, really. The Bobaton bunch. <laughs> yep. Very Bo- Bobaton brigade. Yeah, that's a very attractive blonde family, and yeah. Hmm. So, so, the main thing in my mind, like, so Harry faces what he thinks is a Dementor, 
and and it takes him entirely too long to realize like why would they just let a dementor loose in here that's bizarre like i know dumbledore hates these <laughs> yeah like why they're not gonna do that? do that plus like you can't <laughs> really rope yeah whatever harry doesn't i mean we've seen time and again he is not learning that like the stakes are not that high in yeah. this yeah and that's that's how i felt with this whole third task I'm like this is it there's like all this stuff and then the last thing is a riddle from a sphinx where it's like so easy to put together like i i had to put together like so much faster than harry and i guess i'm an adult person but like even as a kid i'd be like spider it's a spider but this is like the easiest riddle in the world i'm not sure i would have gotten it if i hadn't been reading it okay i, I think that, that the the d's the hmm. d part is is a little bit more obvious when you're reading the riddle versus listening to it yeah because the like middle the, middle the middle of the, middle of the end of the end eh I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm not great at riddles, though. Yeah. Reasons I'm not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> but I think okay. So with the Dementor thing, he casts the Patronus spell, and the stake comes out. What was everybody in the audience thinking? They're up high enough; they can see this happening, right? So they just see him cast this like high level wizard spell. <laughs> like people are like, "Holy cow! This guy just wailed on this Bogart." I don't know. I just think that'd be the weirdest thing f- to see this kid whip out this like adult level spell. I mean, how many people even know what that is? It's we haven't learned about it in any of the classes yet, and so I'm guessing the professors would know. But I don't know. It'd but be... we we've also seen Harry cast that too. Yeah, we haven't uh, in publicly. We haven't seen it him cast it with a corporeal oh, patronus, yeah. but it, just... at the Quidditch match yeah, he in did the third year, it. he he sent some mist. Yeah down so anyway it's just like i feel like everyone in the crowd is like whoa okay so yeah i i feel like there's a missed opportunity here where this whole maze experience takes place at the quidditch pitch i think everything that they're doing is fairly clearly visible but like harry can't really hear the crowd and it's not it's very insular yeah he feel it feels very like he's on his own again. It's like he's in the lake and there's mm-hmm, no spectators. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I I don't know if I would have preferred. I think I would have to like be able to hear Lee Jordan Cheering commentating. And yeah, yeah. And and like some or like multilingual comment commentary because you have people from all the schools and so whatever Lee has to say is for the Hogwarts crew. And yeah, and that's the sort of thing where well. We'll see if the movie does that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that's that's more of a cinematic trick than anything else. Because the other the other option is it takes place on the Quidditch pitch and and there are people in the stands, but the the shrubs are so high that yeah, they can't actually yeah. see anything. And again, we have a, a, a an event that is not a spectator sport. Yeah, the whole thing kind of happens in a weird vacuum, which would fit with the last one but not with the first one the first one was very visible i'm curious if anyone like if the crowd could see and hear crumb casting crucio because like that's a really big deal and he kind of shouted it to the point that like harry heard it and came running so it's like i feel like the crowd had to have heard it right well and i wonder i guess if you if you can hear the commentary then you have an idea of what your competitors are doing and so that sort of yeah devalues the maze but i mean like so maybe that's what's going on where they can hear what's going on out there but 
but didn't he like just commit a felony in front of an incredibly huge audience? Like, yeah. So let's talk about that. What do you think happened? Uh, he like wanted it so bad that he committed a felony, or well, I don't know if it was really crumb. Like for one, <laughs> like it could have been. The thing is, like this maze seems so simple on its face that like I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was some other element of of trickery going on. You know, because like for one, the Crucio curse barely affected Cedric. Like, and I guess they're. Pretty... I guess yeah, he was able to like get up and run again after or whatever. Yeah, right? like it it messed him up a bit, but like. Or no, that was the end. That that all of this happened and yeah, it was towards the end of it. But he still was standing, like he was like twitching on the ground, but he got up and he was okay. So it's like I can't help but wonder if there is um more at play here um if anything i'm not sure if the cup that they both touched when they compromised and decided they'll both win i don't even know if that's the actual thing like the it might be a decoy for all i know like that would make perfect sense to me to where it's like yeah we're here they said that we were almost here this is the cup let's grab it and it's like nope this is just this is where it actually gets now interesting. Now you drop down below the maze and there's another maze under the maze well, that we can't see because who cares about spectators? Well, exactly. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be such a Harry Potter thing to do of like, yep, thought you were done. You're not even close to done. Like, this is where it actually gets interesting. And I'm kind of hoping that's the case because if that really was the third task that there was all this buildup for and, oh no, oh no. Like, and it was just like, yeah, some critters and some riddles. Like, okay <laughs> it's pretty lame you guys built this up for like decades but whatever uh so i'm hoping this is just some next level crumb if crumb actually did do this like was he put up to it why didn't he do it to harry why didn't like he had the chance but he ran away like what's the deal um well that brings us back to what happened to barty crouch because mm. Harry left Barty Crouch with Crumb to watch him while he ran for Dumbledore's help. And Oh, that's true. And then Crumb lost him or got knocked out. Crumb got unquote. knocked out. Barty Crouch is gone. And But maybe so Crumb just finished this, the job. I don't know. Yeah, is is this an extension of whatever happened there? Yeah. It could be that what happened there is like Crumb actually did do something bad and Crumb's been the bad guy this whole time. It's possible. And I mean, Harry even said, man, I thought he was one of the good ones. And I'm like, yeah, that's what rolling will do to you. <laughs> that's kind of her deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'd be interesting if Crumb was the bad guy, you know, because he's close with Hermione. And, you know, it could be that he was trying to get close to Hermione to learn more stuff about Harry. But he didn't end up, end up actually doing, I don't know, whatever. Maybe Crumb's dumb, or, uh, Voldemort. Who but knows? But then we would have to admit that Ron was right. <laughs> That's true. And we don't I really want to do that. I really do not want to do that. <laughs> I would prefer not to. Because Victor Crumb seems like a good guy. And uh, I did see Victor Shark memes. You know, there's a stupid baby shark song. I saw a bunch of Victor Shark memes with him, like, from the movie, transformed as a shark with the bad CGI. And I'm like, well, now I know what that looks like. And that's actually pretty funny. So, <laughs> anyway, all that to say, maybe Crumb's the bad guy. But you still can't get away with committing a felony in front of everyone. So I'm hoping there's some trickery we don't know about. I don't know. I mean, we're getting near the end here, so. Yeah. Maybe Crumb was the bad guy the whole time. It's it's very possible. It'd be kind of lame. 
but and anything's I'm gonna be disappointed by anything at this point because <laughs> I'm like cool you threw four perfectly plausible people at me as being the bad guy and spent chapter after chapter after chapter of building them up as oh they're all pretty bad and then it's like the guy who's actually been pretty chill the whole time it's like well is that really a payoff or is that just like I don't know I don't know it's whatever but um we'll see Yeah, I'm so eager to get through this book. There are two more two more episodes and I can't wait to hear what you think about the end of yeah. it. And I know I'm definitely just gonna go read right after this. <laughs> Gotta um, see what happens. I did wanna know if you uh felt a particular pang of pride and or disappointment when Harry says that uh Cedric was willing to walk away from Hufflepuff glory that no, that's ne- true. Never before yeah. had by the Hufflepuffs glory. No, that's like the most puff move, man. To like know that you could win and like know that you were a rightful winner and stuff. And then to like just honorably, you know, not. I, I don't know. I, I'm proud. That's Puff Nation, baby. Puff Nation knows that like eh, it's just at the end of the day, it's all just kind of a made up thing. Like, are you really going to sacrifice? <sighs> You know, like, can you really feel proud of yourself? Sure, you got the trophy, but, like, did you earn it, though? Did you? <laughs> so I feel like that's a very puff move. <sighs> oh, for sure. It fits. Yeah. But there was the way that that one sentence was written of, like... The puff glory. Yep. Turning away from Hufflepuff glory. Nah. Never before had for his house. Nah, like, the, man. the true glory is having, like, an underground fort that nobody has ever seen. That's the real glory. Puff Nation. So, <sighs> that being said, let's get to favorite quotes so yeah. I can go read the next chapter. Favorite quotes. <laughs> uh, favorite I quotes. guess I will start yeah, this you will. time. So, mine is on page 634. Uh, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so it's on 634. Harry looked from Cedric to the cup. For one shining moment, he saw himself emerging from the maze, holding it. He saw himself holding the Triwizard Cup aloft, heard the roar of the crowd, saw Cho's face shining with admiration more clearly than he had ever seen it before. And then the picture faded, and he found himself staring at Cedric's shadowy, stubborn face. Both of us, he said. Uh, Harry's grown up a bit, and I still don't get what his deal was with Cho. I feel like it's just kind of a crush, but whatever. It's like so baseless so whatever um but people do that they make they make idols of their crushes and i guess i have been yeah i guess i'm very guilty of that too (laughs) (laughs) but um i guess it's just harry the thing is as a i'm not a competitive person i never did or do have dreams of me coming out the victorious strong one with the trophy like that's never been something I've really related to. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> like, whatever. You're better at baseball than me. Good job. Like, <laughs> we're all good at something, I guess. Um, so to see that thing that I've never really understood kind of get brought down to a level to where it's like, Harry kind of realized at that moment too. Like, it's not, It's it's about more than that. You know, it's about more than just this trophy. Like I want to, when I do see Cho, when I do see these people, I want to feel right about it. And, um, 
it's about more than just winning. So I guess I just, as a character moment, I actually liked Harry a little bit more after that. And that's good because Harry is not always the most likable character. It's so, complicated. Yeah. So it's just kind of nice to have a moment where I'm like, all right, Harry, you're getting there. You're getting there. You know, you're growing up little by little. So another thing I really liked about that quote was it reminded me so much of Ron mm. in the mirror of Erised. Oh, yeah. Where he had like he was like the he, best of all his siblings. He's and head stuff, boy right? and has the Quidditch cup and the mm-hmm, house cup and mm-hmm. everything. And oh, my gosh, I'm the most amazing. Everybody's cheering me on and everything. It was so reminiscent of that, which is so different from what Harry saw in the mirror of Erised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to see that like this is what this year in this competition has kind of done for mm-hmm. what Harry desires a little bit too and what his support system like he has a family who showed up to support him in the Triwizard Tournament he has a, a godfather who's also a dog who sent him a little good luck paw print like mm-hmm. he has support that he didn't have in that first year and he has like the respect from floor too to where it's like he was concerned about Floor. He did think a little bit like, well, one down. But he also cared because it's like him and Floor have an understanding. Like he's he's really humanized the whole situation because he has a place, you know, role models and, and a way to learn empathy and what family is and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. he's grown so much from from that that first year and also from like the benchmark of where Ron was that first year where Ron yep, had yep. that support system. But. Yeah, and Harry longed for the same things back then, too. It's just he longed for parents just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, what's your favorite quote, Alyssa? Um, mine. I broke from the mold last time, but not this time. So this <laughs> I the, knew it. The most Alyssa quote that I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when he gets to the mist. Mm-hmm. It's on page 264. Nope. 624. <laughs> 624? There you go. <laughs> What's on 264? We should find out. <laughs> um, it's it's when he steps into the me- mist. And it is, it felt as though his feet were glued to the grass, which had now become the ceiling. Below him, the dark, star-spangled heavens stretched endlessly. Yep. Really, it was that sentence. Yeah. I knew you'd pick that one. <laughs> star-spangled. Hmm. I like the stretched endlessly bit. Yeah, that's pretty. That's good. Hmm. is i like i want to experience that it sounds terrifying but also i want like it's you know when you go on a roller coaster that sends you upside down mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I did one at the fair last summer mm-hmm. and it it was like perfectly timed where the first like three goes were just totally like varying degrees of thrilling and then the last two goes around were like you were used to it enough that you could actually appreciate the mm. world upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, that's what that sentence felt like all in one go hmm. of that whole wonderful roller coaster experience. Yeah. Didn't he get out of that challenge just by pulling his foot out from the, yeah, no, it's terrible. Okay. But good. <laughs> the act, the action. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm describing the it like, yeah. this is a thrill ride. This yeah. is not a challenge. <laughs> ah, I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like, huh. Like people would this actually is people line what people line up to do. <laughs> they will pay money to do this thing. <laughs> and Harry, like the Quidditch player who's used to like free falling and stuff like that. It's just not a good challenge. For yeah. Him. Especially like Crumb, Cedric. Really the only person who's not set for that is Floor. Which so, might be why that might, might have been what destroyed her. Yeah, because 
yeah. And we don't know that she's not a Quidditch player. We don't know that she hasn't won and found the actual cup. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She might be a Quidditch player. What if player. she's the bad guy all along? <laughs> oh, boy. I would be even more upset than Crumb. Crumb, I'd be like, come on, really? Like, why all the false flags? Like, you tried so hard to set up false flags. Like, at this point, you're literally... It's just... <sighs> What if it's her and Bill tag teaming? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> huh. No comment. So uh, that'd be a very attractive couple, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're eyeing each other. Like, yeah. haven't seen you in a while. I've been Though undercover. How, how old is Floor in this book? <laughs> and how old is Bill? Ooh. So Bill's like mid twenties, and Floor's probably graduation age so like 17 mm. or 18 okay well could be worse. it's not it's not so bad terrible yeah. but yeah it's yeah. also True. complicated it's very complicated. graduate first girl <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey speaking of graduating we're almost graduated from this book two more episodes guys and gals and listeners in general we're so excited um if you have theories or opinions on what we've talked about this episode Please tell them to us at Words Truck Pod. We would love to hear what a better obstacle in this maze would be. Yeah. If you design this maze, how would you make it where it's actually a fun, interesting challenge and not just like a, a best of like boring challenges? And uh, better Sphinx riddles, please. Better Ooh. than that one. Who? Who? I mean. Yeah. Maybe maybe she's a baby sphinx and your riddles get better with age. Baby sphinx? Do 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>